Hello friends and fellow lovers of all things beachy. Welcome to The Beach Speaks. I'm your host and podcast junkie, Paige Friend, and each week I'm going to bring you a conversation with people and businesses that are creating conscious community, spreading the word about health, wellness, and wealth, basically everything that makes the beaches the place to be. So grab a cool drink, sit back in your beach chair, stick your toes in the sand, and join me for this episode of The Beach Speaks. Hey, beach lovers, what's going on with you today? Have you had a chance to connect with the beach? No? Well, then here's your chance. Today's topic relates to accessibility, to the beach, that is. And the idea came to me when I heard Keith Casabon, the host of You First, a disability rights Florida podcast, talking about eco-ableism. I know, I know, I know, you're thinking, what is that? And really, what does Disability Rights Florida and the beach have in common anyway? Well, don't pack up your beach toys and leave just yet. Here's a few hints. Think beach chairs, red carpets, and straws. Hmm, I think I'll let Keith help us figure this out. Hey, Keith. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Paige. Thank you. So happy to be here. Oh, it's great to have you. I discovered you in our squad pod, and you were talking about what you were doing, and I thought, ooh, I want to check out your podcast, and which is called, what again? You First, the Disability Rights Florida podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I checked it out and you had one episode that really piqued my interest. And we'll talk about that a little later. I mm. want to touch on that uh, eco-ableism yes. concept. And I thought I need to have Keith on the podcast because I think even though my podcast is primarily about the beach, my intent is to just bring some awareness and get my audience thinking about topics that we don't normally think about when we go to the beach. We talk about, oh, how wonderful it is to to be there and take advantage of all that the beach has to offer. But we don't often think of those that, well, can't access the beach as easily. So I do want to focus on that today. However, I do want to introduce you to our audience and tell us briefly what you do with the organization and maybe give us a story how, how you got to be involved with Disability Rights Florida. Sure. So at Disability Rights, well, first I'll, I'll kind of explain what Disability Rights Florida even is. And uh, yes, it has Florida in the name, but we are one of, I think, 56 organizations across the country. So whatever state you're in, um, or even U.S. territory, there is a sister agency of ours. Um, we're what's called a protection and advocacy or PNA agency. We're federally mandated. And so every state has to have one. But all that boring stuff aside, essentially what it all boils down to is the, the nationwide network is the largest provider of legally based advocacy services to people with disabilities in the United States. I, uh, at Disability Rights Florida, am the technology and communications manager. So I oversee IT uh, and also 
communications like print and digital media, uh, the website, social media, publications, videos, etc. And then, of course, the podcast, which we just mentioned, I host and produce the You First podcast. Excellent. Now, how did your organization come about with the idea of having a podcast? I'm, I'm curious mm-hmm. about that. So a few years ago, uh, actually, I remember specifically it was 2016 because of the election. One of the things we focus on is voting and like voting rights for people with disabilities. And we started this campaign uh, related to helping educate and encourage and enabling people with disabilities to register to vote and go out and vote. And one of the things that the group we were working on to sort of get this whole campaign started said, hey, a great idea would be to have a podcast. And, you know, we kind of looked at each other and said, uh, okay, sure, sounds great. Not really knowing what we were getting into. So we did the first four episodes within like a couple of weeks. And they were all on voting issues specifically. And and it was great. It was fun. Uh, and then that whole campaign was over. The election happened. And then we all kind of looked at each other and like, well, are we going to keep doing this? Or are we going to, you know, what, what are we going to do about this this podcast we now suddenly have that we didn't even think about having to continue having if we, you know, if we really wanted it to be something. So, um, right. yeah, so we, we just started thinking about our own topics and figuring it all out for ourselves. And so we've been doing it now since, like I say, late 2016. And uh, in the in the last year or so, it's actually become something we're really excited about and working on getting a lot of great guests from around the country and even the world. And it's, it's become a lot of, it's become a lot of fun. Um, so that thing we all were kind of scratching our heads about in the beginning is now one of at least my favorite things to, to do here. It's, it's great. Yeah, that's one thing I love about podcasting. It is kind of ubiquitous and it's you can reach out to people all over the world and your messaging is really universal for for everyone and I I'm happy that you're able to do that. Uh you are in Tallahassee, yes. right? Okay. And Tallahassee is somewhat near the beach. Kind of, sort of. Tell me how close you <laughs> so, are. So, yeah, we're not far. I think it's about a maybe 35, 40 minute drive, depending where you live in town, uh, to get down to the coast. So there's beaches along there, um, Apalachicola and Panacea, and, and then St. George Island, uh, which has got a lot of great, beautiful beaches, is not far at all. So you, can, you, you can't go to the beach in Tallahassee, per se, but you can certainly get to a lot of great beaches you know, along and then you know Panama City Beach and Destin and all that isn't too far away, but maybe an hour and a half or so. So, a lot of beaches within access. Oh yeah, yeah. Being on the Gulf Coast side of the of the state is always special, and I know that those beaches, like you'd mentioned, they're beautiful. Yeah. Are you a beach fanatic, or <laughs> can you kind of take it or leave it? I, I wouldn't say fanatic, um, but I certainly, I, I enjoy the beach occasionally. I'm not, I, I would be lying if I said I was like very actively going to the beach all the time. Again, partly because it's just, it's not like down the block for me. So it is a little bit of a trip, but you know, take the family on a little uh, day trip down to the beach. Certainly have, have done that. And uh, it's always fun. And like, and yes, there, I tend to forget how beautiful some of the beaches are until we actually go and see them. So no, I don't go often enough, but when we go, we do enjoy it and have a good time. And then my uh, fiance's family is from South Florida, like in Broward County. And so, you know, Fort Lauderdale beach and Hollywood beach and all that, you know, very different, but also, you know, hitting the beaches when we're there occasionally. 
Right, right. The majority of my listeners, I would think, are similar to you. They're maybe somewhat close to the beach or have fond memories of vacationing at the beach, but they live in, like one of my co-hosts, lives in Ohio. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not exactly super close to the beach. Uh, Yeah, and then I've got some friends who listen to the podcast that are in Arizona, and they're just desperate for rain uh, right. <laughs> or any kind of water that's uh, nearby. Uh, so they they enjoy listening. And I, I always like to hear people's experiences with the beach and how that is part of their lives. And I guess that's a good segue into talking about our disabled population. And that is the, the correct term we're, we're to use now, right? We're not using... Uh, handicapped as much, or is that still part so, of vernacular? Yeah, that, the word handicapped is definitely far out of favor at this point. So what we'll say officially as our, within our agency is people with disabilities. But there are many people who have disabilities who prefer to refer to themselves as disabled, to say, I am disabled versus I'm a person with a disability. And that's sort of a choice that uh, they can make, whatever kind of preference they have. But uh, generally, uh, the preferred terminology would be Uh, people with disabilities or a person with a disability. Disabilities. Okay, very good. I wanted to be sure that we were using the right terminology. Let's talk accessibility to the beach. What is it that you know that we should know? I've checked into some resources, but I'd like to hear it from you. Sure. So beaches obviously pose you know, very specific challenges to people with certain disabilities. Uh, you know, the sa- you know, sand is not very wheelchair friendly, you know, and then there's other a number of other issues. So the good news is that any beaches that are maintained by like state or, or local government you know, entities, they're required to be accessible to people with disabilities, which is essentially covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act or the ADA. Um, specifically, it's Title II, which is on like sort of, you know, public accommodations. And while it doesn't specifically outline how a beach should be accessible, there have been some laws after that that came out. And I'm not going to bore people with that, <laughs> but I will mention that it's, so it's the Architectural Barriers Act, or the ABA in this case, just to let's, you know, confuse as much as we okay. can, ADA versus ABA, right? But it kind of outlines a lot of the best practices for how a beach can be made more accessible. And so any beach that has new construction after oh, I think it's 2010 or 2012, I forget exactly now, um, but has new construction or is doing renovations after that point, they're required to make sure that accessibility is part of that construction or renovation. So, So that's good. So that means there's a lot of beaches out there that are required by law to be accessible. Um, but what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to have an accessible beach? And right. it kind of means, I mean, it depends on the beach. It's the, you know, sounds like a cop-out answer, but it's kind of true. It depends on the beach. But, like, essentially, the, the probably the biggest issue is the first one I mentioned, that it's hard to, you can't push a wheelchair through sand. So beaches are required to have, again, I should clarify, beaches that are maintained by state or local government are required to have what's called beach access routes. And so those routes um, provide an accessible means to move through the beach. 
And in some beaches, they're permanent construction. But in a lot of beaches, especially in Florida and probably other states that maybe undergo like certain weather conditions like hurricanes and tropical storms, um, they can also be removable. So that's really great because if, if, if weather's coming that could damage the route, it can move to a, a secure location. So that's really a great thing. Um, there's even some routes that extend all the way into the water, uh, which will allow someone in a wheelchair or using other mobility aids to transfer directly into the water from their you know, wheelchair or, or, or whatever they, they use. So that's really great. Those are, that's probably one of the biggest issues is just getting around the beach. So having those routes being required uh, is, is definitely a really good thing and, and like the sort of the first major step to making a beach accessible. Yeah, you know, I it never really occurred to me, even though we have a, a granddaughter who is disabled and uses a wheelchair, she's mm-hmm. five now. So up until this point, to get her out to the beach, we live just a few blocks from the beach. That's so, nice. But we, we would just carry her out. But now that she is able to use a wheelchair, it just kind of dawned on me, hmm, how are we going to do this? And I, I talked to her, her mom about what what do they do? And she said, I'm not really sure. I think that they rent beach wheelchairs at the lifeguard station. She said, but we've, we've never really checked into that. So I, I did a little bit of research. We have a, a series of beaches, beaches, as you know, along the coast, you, you start at one and maybe a mile up the coast, it's, mm-hmm. it's another beach, and then it's called another. So we have Jacksonville Beach, And then about a mile up, we have Neptune Beach. And then just another mile or so up, we have Atlantic Beach. Uh, Atlantic Beach is really very fast forward in their thinking about how their community uses the beach because it is mostly residential. And they have beach access as per required. However, they do rent, well, it's a free service, basically. If you call ahead, you can reserve a beach right. wheelchair with those huge yeah, wheels like and make big, like balloon tires. They call them, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of fun looking, and we do have that at Jack's Beach. I called the the lifeguard station and I said, "Hey, do you have those?" And they said, "Yeah, we have four. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Okay." Get them while and I, he said, "And they're all available." Yeah. Well, that's that's yeah. how it is. It's you. It's first right. come, first served. And he said, "Well, we have all four right now. <laughs> come on down." I said, "Well, okay." Right. <laughs> so I was thinking, well, four for a rather large beach, but there may be some that already have such sort of thing. If they make regular trips to the beach, if you're disabled, but it it was good to know. It was something I just never really thought of until now. Yeah. What if we are a beach goer, or we're planning a beach vacation mm-hmm. or something, and we have somebody that needs that sort of accommodation? I guess do you just Google it and see what's going on? And what if they don't have it? What do you do? What do you do? Well, so as far <laughs> as looking into it, um, yeah, I mean, of course, you know. Do we call you and say, hey? <laughs> well, it, maybe, actually. Maybe not. Well, not me, but uh, agency, yes, of course. Well, of course. Right. Um, yeah, a lot of research, of course, you know, starts online. When I was kind of looking into some things for this, uh, 
I did find that, like, for example, visitflorida.com, and just to consider to continue with the Florida example, it actually has a page mm-hmm. about accessible travel uh, with a link to accessible beaches and parks. Now, it wasn't an inclusive list. It just listed like four or five. But what, it, what I found helpful about it is it gives you a good idea of what is available and what you can start asking for at your local beach or whatever beach you're going to visit. Okay. Uh, floridastateparks.org was another one that I found that has uh, – outline features of all the various state-run parks, which a lot of those parks also include beaches. Um, yeah, exactly. and so there was a lot of information there. Uh, and a lot of them went into a lot of it real detail, like accessible picnic areas and accessible observation decks and beach wheelchairs available and, and, and so on. So I found that, yeah, it was very helpful. And so it's probably a good place to start. Of course, just Googling the, the beach by name itself, you know, hopefully they've got something on there on accessibility but if they don't, probably the best place to start, if someone has a concern or a question about accessibility in their community in general, but the beach in this example, um, every, every county and, and most larger cities have what's called an ADA coordinator on staff. And so, uh, okay. you know, again, you can you know, research it online, try to find who that ADA coordinator is, get the number to the office. But if you can't find that, you can always just call City Hall or the, you know, the county offices and ask, you know, for the ADA coordinator. And they would be a good person to tell you, like, what's available or what the status of accessibility is for the beach in that in that community. If you don't get very far there, then, yeah, you can contact uh either Disability Rights Florida or whoever the, the PNA is in your state or, or territory. Mm-hmm. And we might be able to either direct you to, you know, the, the right person to call, or it might be something that the agency themselves can handle. It just, it depends on, on the issue really. So, but, the, but those are the steps to take. I mean, yes, the internet research and uh, contacting the ADA coordinator for your area. Mm-hmm. Right. We all go to the Google uh-huh. first. When I had to kind of laugh to myself when you said, well, you can always call. Right. Call? What's that? I'm thinking, when? Right. <laughs> exactly. When I went to call the, the lifeguard station, I thought, this is pretty funny. I rarely yeah. call anybody. Yeah. But yeah, that really is probably a good, a good way to get in, in some information directly from the source. And I'm thinking, if we only have four wheelchairs at the lifeguard station, and Jack's Beach is fairly big, and they're wanting to expand visitors and all of that they they may want to get a few yeah, more yeah. i don't know so i may be calling our yeah. city right. manager or yeah. <laughs> and asking hey what do you think we could do about this i mean it may be based on demand maybe they don't have that much of demand for Possibly. them and yeah. I have more. I don't know it'd be interesting to look into is there anything else about accessibilities you wanted to make us aware of? I think that mostly covers it. A couple, well, I have a couple of notes. Um, so even if you're at a, a, a beach that has no, you know, no pets allowed, if you have a service animal that, you, you know, your service animal would definitely be allowed. Oh, wow. I yep. didn't even think service about that. Service animals are allowed yeah. um, regardless if they say no pets because it's not a pet. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, it makes common sense when you think about right. it. But right, it's not a pet. It's a, it's a service animal. Another thing too is that even if the beach doesn't have uh, an access route. Uh, some of them provide what's called Moby mats, and I don't know if that's a brand name or something Florida brands them, but it's essentially like a portable access mat. So it's kind of like you make your own 
accessible beach route and you know it'll roll up and you can take it with you and then kind of roll it out across the you know down the beach and and then um someone in a, okay. in a wheelchair can then you know use that mat to get to where you know wherever y'all are going to set up camp on the beach there or, or toward the water or whatever. Right. So totally your own. You can take it with you. But but a lot of the ones that don't have a permanent route have those available for, I say rent. Again, they might be free like the wheelchairs, but you can borrow them or request them from the, uh, you know, at the beach and use them while you're there. Wow. Wow. I didn't even know about that. I have seen on Facebook, some people post something similar to that laid out. It would go across mm -hmm. the beach, out, extend out almost to the water. And that looked like a really good idea, except when all of the sand and everything <laughs> uh, gets on top of it and that it gets lost <laughs> in the, uh, in all of that. I'm just envisioning this high tech yoga mat, just, you know, rolling <laughs> yes. out. Yes. Yes, it's like beach. a portable red carpet. You just roll out. That's right. There you go. I have That's arrived. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, let's talk about eco-ableism. I had never heard this term before, and I was actually, I felt a little twang of, uh, I don't know what, because I have been doing this myself and probably shouldn't. So tell me what that is. So eco-ableism um, essentially means making considerations and accommodations to try to like, you know, help the environment and, and, you know, save the planet, if you will, but without considering, uh, the needs of people with disabilities in the process. And what does that mean? Why does that, you know, like, like, don't they want to save the planet too? Well, of course, but not at their own expense. And I think the best mm -hmm. example of what eco-ableism is Although I will say you can listen to episode 25 of the You First podcast to hear all about eco-ableism. Right. That's the one I listen to. <laughs> um, but I think one that, that got a lot of press is the plastic straw issue. Now, mm -hmm. plastic straws certainly should be disposed of properly. And you don't, you know, waste, plastic waste in the ocean is a, is a huge, huge issue. There is no doubt about that. And I think plastic straws got a bit of a bad rep when uh there's that classic video of the turtle with the with the straw in its nose that sort of like made everyone you know mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was sad um th the reality is that plastic straws make up like not even a quarter of of a percent I, I, it's 0.025 percent of the plastic waste in the ocean comes from plastic straws so mm -hmm. getting rid of plastic straws while in some ways a sensible step, it's far from doing anything. I mean, honestly, almost 50% of the plastic waste is like fishing gear that was lost and discarded, which you can't do anything mm -hmm. about. I mean, it's the, you know, commercial fishermen that need to do a better job of, you know, collecting all their, their stuff, you know, and I'm not saying we shouldn't all do our part, but it's a small piece to the, to the puzzle, a very, very tiny piece. So to say... Mm -hmm. Um, so I should, I should also now say that there's a lot of people with disabilities that require plastic straws um, to drink mm -hmm. and will aspirate on a paper straw because it will dissolve in their mouth and they'll choke on it. And, you know, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous for some people with certain disabilities mm. to use anything but a plastic straw. So to say that plastic straws shouldn't exist is an eco-ableist 
decision. It doesn't take into account the needs of people with disabilities, that that is something that they truly require day to day. Right, right. Yeah, I think that was what kind of struck me because I've been part of that. Let's get rid of the plastic straws, Mm -hmm. folks, because I feel like certain things we can do, it makes makes ourselves feel better about, okay, you know, I can stop using Mm -hmm. straws or I can stop using plastic bottles those are little things but like you said they're probably larger things that, not to say that those don't count i mean sure. everything we use it's plastic really we do need to to account for however in terms of ecoableism you don't often hear that argument well we can't get rid of them entirely uh, let's think about people who do need them and I think you had suggested if if there's a restaurant or someplace that really doesn't want to use them, that they have them available at least. Yeah, so for request only. Should you mm-hmm. need one. Right, right. And I do know some restaurants that ask you automatically, do you want a straw or not? And you, you have that opportunity. Right. And and uh, organizations like 4Ocean make some nifty little portable straws. I've got one of those, and I just have it in my purse. I whip right. it out. Everybody laughs at me because it's like this I don't know tinker toy looking thing (laughs) but it works (laughs) and yeah so we can all be happy about what we're doing to save the environment and and not be harming those who really need these these things right yeah yeah is there anything else that you can think um, of? As far as eco-labelism goes, um, I mean, that's the one that's probably most related to, like, the water is the plastic waste. But there's a number of things mm-hmm. uh, just about the environment in general. Uh, you know, there's communities being designed that, you know, are designed they're designed to not require cars. And, and so public transportation, uh, you know, it, it, like, it, it's the walking communities, mm-hmm. if you will. And then, and then public transportation, when they got to go farther. And that's mm-hmm. that's great if you can live there, but that disenfranchises some people who, who can't live there and require a car because they're not going to be able to, 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 to walk up an incline or down an incline to get to a bus stop. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, you know, cars for all the pollution that they can cause, uh, well, you know, traditional, you know, gas powered car. uh, Right. It, it it might be someone's only means to get around. Uh, so that that's another example. There's a, there's a number of them. Uh, it's easy to say, "Hey, we don't need this," without considering what other groups of people that we are not a part of, which is people with disabilities or any other marginalized group, potentially, um, what requirements they may have. And so that's essentially what ecoableism is. Mm-hmm. Those of us that are beach people who love the beach are also interested in ecology and saving the environment in general and you know the whole the whole nine yards so Mm -hmm. I don't think it's too far a stretch to uh, that this is has nothing to do with the beach so it doesn't have anything to do with what we're interested in so I think it's all tied together and I think beautiful beaches come with you know beautiful environment oh exactly exactly Mm -hmm. and we want everybody to enjoy the beach I do because well it's my favorite place. That's why I, I moved here. Some people prefer the mountains or some people the desert. I don't right. know who, but <laughs> <Not me. laughs> no, no. Uh, 
before we wrap this up, I just wanted to ask if there was anything else you wanted the listeners to know, uh, either about your organization, about how people can help, or anything about the beach that you want to share. Well, uh, I, I would say that anyone that uh, is a person with a disability or a family member of a person with a disability, the beach is certainly there and accessible uh, for you. And if you have any issues or concerns related to disability, you can contact your local organization. I, the, the way to find your local organization actually uh, is pretty easy. There's a national group called the National Disability Rights Network, uh, but that's just NDRN for short. And so NDRN.org. And then there's a link on the page that says find your PNA. And so from there, you just select your state or territory and it'll tell you who to call. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, contact them for any questions uh, related to uh, accessibility or anything disability related. And, uh, and then I encourage people to listen to the You First podcast, because regardless if you are a person with disability, you probably know someone with a disability. And we try to just sort of educate a little more about uh, disability and, and disability rights in the podcast. And so it's, I think it's for everyone. Uh, and mm-hmm. Paige, I think like you were saying, the Eco Ableism podcast gave you some, or episode gave you some ideas about things that you'd never thought about when it came to saving the environment. And so hopefully that's what other people can get from other episodes too, is, uh, you know, just learning the that there's other concerns and mm-hmm. issues related to disability that we don't always consider when we're making plans about the environment or, or anything. So I think it's I think it's a podcast for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of podcasts and podcaster to podcaster, <laughs> one thing that came up in your conversation on our squad pod was the fact that some people that they can't really listen to a podcast, <laughs> but they still want to enjoy it. So I think you do have a, your episodes transcribed is that correct or is that what you're working on right now no they're all transcribed um so on mm-hmm. our website uh disabilityrightsflorida.org slash podcast you can click on any episode and on that page besides being able to listen and subscribe and, and read the show notes there's also a complete transcript there on the page you can also download it as a pdf if you want but it's there on the page uh and then also we have it available on our youtube channel and so it's uh it's not video it's just audio but it's uh what that enables us to do is put captions on it and then we even have spanish translations on it as well so even if you're not a native english speaker you can get something out of the podcast by uh turning on the spanish captions uh on our youtube channel wow wow you you definitely have a a lot of the bases covered and i think that transcribing the podcast for me is probably my next step in the evolution of the beach speaks and thank you for that little nudge of inspiration in that regard and I really do appreciate your time today I'll give a shout out to Squadcast we are two Squadcast members we use the platform I don't know about you Keith but I really love it oh I do too absolutely yeah it's speaking of accessibility it's made my guests accessible to me because I can't record in person most of the time and it just uh, increases our outreach because we can absolutely talk to people anywhere in the world. Exactly, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I, I I love it too. And yeah, and thanks, Paige, for inviting me on the podcast. It's been really enjoyable, and uh, your podcast is great. And it's uh, it's great to network with other podcasters and collaborate. Yeah, a lot of fun. Oh, exactly, exactly. 
Well, thank you again, Keith, for your time. No problem. The Beach is speaking. Are you listening? So what did you think? I learned a lot. And not just about beach wheelchairs and banning straws. It really got me thinking about how I can help everyone connect with the beach. Because we beach lovers know it's our happy place. And everyone should have the opportunity to enjoy it. And if you want to know more about Disability Rights Florida, You First Podcast, or any of the other resources mentioned in this episode, you can check out the show notes. I'll have all the links there. And this podcast is recorded on Squadcast and edited and produced by yours truly. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Beach Speaks. If more beach is what you crave, visit my website, thebeachspeaks.com, for special offers, beachy tips, and of course, my gallery of gorgeous beach photos. And while you're there, why not click the voicemail button and leave me a message? I might even play it on the next episode. Follow The Beach Speaks on Facebook and Instagram. Share with friends, and can you do me a huge favor? Go to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, search The Beach Speaks, and leave a review. So why am I asking you to do all this? Well, because in the vast ocean of podcasting, it really helps us to reach more listeners. And you know, the beach is speaking. Are you listening?